Georgia, 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 Georgia. Welcome to Georgia High School Football Chat Podcast with Smitty and Banks. I am Coach Travis Smith. We have an exciting show prepared for you with one of our very first in-house guests. But before we get started, can't do the show on my own, so it's a must that I bring in my co-host, my boy from another mother, my brother from another mother, Coach Terrence Banks. What's up, Coach? I'm still here, man. <laughs> Trying to survive, man. I'm still here. I'm excited. We got the the man, the myth, the legend on the show today. The first guest. Yes, yes, it's gonna sir. be a fun one. It is. It is. Well, what better way to jumpstart the Georgia High School Football Chat Podcast than to have one of the state's most influential educators serve as our very first guest? Currently, he is the principal of Maggie Brown Middle School in Noonan, Georgia. He is also the director of the Minority Coaches Association of Georgia, an organization that has helped hundreds of student athletes and coaches in the state of Georgia. I'll let him tell you a little bit more about himself, but without further ado, it brings me great pleasure to bring to you our very first guest, the soon-to-be Dr. Amon Tinker. What's up, Tink? What's up? What's up, Schmidt? What's up, baby man? I definitely appreciate y'all having me on as as the first guest of the, the chat. You all don't know how much an honor this is right here to just help a young brother like myself, you know, and to be privileged to be the first one on the show. Guys, I definitely, definitely appreciate everything, guys. Appreciate you. Appreciate you. Before we get the interview going, Tink, won't you just give our listeners a little bit more background about who you are and, and, and where uh, Amon Tinker came from? Well, I'm originally from Fort Wayne, Indiana. You know, I came to LaGrange because um, my dad was in the military. Uh, I grew up, played ball in LaGrange, uh, Georgia. I had an opportunity to go on right off the state. I've been at numerous, numerous coaching stops throughout my career. So many, I don't know if I can name all of them. Uh, <laughs> um, you know, I co- coached at LaGrange back in the early 2000s. Uh, my first stop was a graduate assistant at uh, UAB back in 1997, I got my first opportunity to be a head coach at Kendrick High School in Columbia, Georgia in 2003. And, uh, you know, was also the athletic director there and had a few more stops before I, you know, eventually landed as assistant principal at East Coweta High School in Charlottesville, Georgia. And um, got my first opportunity this year to get my first school at Maggie Brown Middle School. And it's been a, you know, it's been a tremendous opportunity. I'm, you know, I, I've uh, taken by the bull horns and just, you know, I'm holding on. I'm riding right now, you know, because it's definitely all about having student. You know, whether you're an administrator, teacher, coach, it's all about the kids. Exactly, exactly. Well, Tink, you know, you're known across the state, across the nation for being involved in quite a few different things. Perhaps the biggest uh, in the state of Georgia is your affiliation with the Georgia Minority Coaches Association. Do you mind explaining to our audience exactly what the Minority Coaches Association is and how it came to be? Well, we and and I use that uh, word strongly. We started the uh, Minority Coach Association in Georgia in 2010. When I say we, it was coaches such as myself, uh, Nick Davis, Dale McGee, Eric Parker, Tim Glennon, and there's so many more guys that were there from from day one when we first started back in 2010 and first conference and and. and the Minority Coach Association is all about empowering minority coaches, 
student athletes and parents to be able to level the playing field where we can have some of the same opportunities as other other coaches uh, have. And and again, it's all about education. You know, it's not a you know, it's not radical. It is all about education and empowering coaches to be able to have success in the field of of, of uh, athletic. And you know, the big thing about it. When, when we use that word minority, I always tell people minority does not mean black. Minority mm-hmm. is a word that it can be African American, Hispanic, women. If you have a Caucasian coach and he coached at a predominantly uh, black school, he is a minority coach. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, so for us, you know, we have about eight hundred members of the Minority Coach Association. Out of those eight hundred, we probably have over two hundred. Uh, coaches who are Caucasian, because again, they are minority coaches, depending on the coaching situation that they are in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I think that's big. Um, you know, kind of what you said, and I'm glad you said it, so people can hear from you. You know, I know a lot. You know, being a, a executive board member of the Minority Coaches Association, but what people had to understand is, and I'm gonna, I know you'll talk about this as you expand on some of the events that we do. Um, it's not just black coaches at these events. When we do our head coaching academy, when we do our coaches clinics, we're bringing in all kinds of people. It's just a way for people to gather and, you know, understanding the issues. Because if, like you said, if you're a white coach at a majority of black school, it helps you understand more about the environment that you're in, um, as well as, you know, coaches, networking and, and becoming better coaches and I think that's and I think that's real big and you know since we're, we said that I want to talk about you know what I think is one of the biggest questions that people have is you know every year we do our yearly coaches uh, conference we had so many big names this year Lovey Smith um, we've had Matt Brown we've had Jeff Collins we've had Kirby we got to get Mike Leach next year we've had pretty much everybody and we focus on culture when we bring in these head coaches, telling us how to build programs rather than X's and O's. Can you explain why that's the focus as opposed to the X's and O's that everybody seems to be doing? Well, if you look at the organization, again, the organization is to help coaches grow, help student athletes, help parents grow. The culture is what drives everything, is what drives Fortune 500 company, what drives school, what drives football program, whatever. You know, anytime you have a program or industry, if you have a successful culture, then you are going to have a, a, a successful program. And also when you look at college coaches coming in, a lot of these college coaches coming, they have these elaborate systems. They're able to recruit players. So when they come in with these systems, they're trying to say and explain things to coach. The high school coaches, we don't have the ability to go out there and be able to recruit players to fit everything we do. So in that term, I think high school coaches are better coaches than college coaches because high school coaches have to take what they have, fit it in their system, and better adjust their system for year to year. So from a standpoint of serving the 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 true purpose, I don't want to bring in an offensive line coach that's going to come in and talk about offensive line because at the end of the day, he, he's not going to touch everybody in the room. But if he's talking about culture and tying things in to how it is helping you um, become successful on and off the field, that's going to touch everybody. That, that's going to touch everybody a lot. Yeah, that's that's big. Man. I, that's the part I like about it too is that 
uh, it's one is bigger than football. You got with everything you guys do, you make that known. But then then you're 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 putting people in certain venues and avenues that are going to allow you to to reach, like you said, reach more people. You know, you have the O-line coach going to talk about O-line play. Well, what if your room is full of uh, quarterback coaches and, and, and running back coaches, you know? So I like that aspect of it. If you got to provide a lot of venues that allow coaches uh, to get information that from, from, from prominent people that they might not have got, uh, been able to get the information uh, from before. Yeah, and I, and I think that's you know, most definitely it, Travis. And I think, you know, if you come and, and you know, before you go on, before we keep going about the, you talk about the culture and just learning about the program, man, it's, it's and Coach Tink, not going to say this, but he talks about it all the time, about uh, taking pictures with these college coaches mm-hmm. all along for the winners recruiting season. Um, a lot of these guys don't really know or understand what these programs are doing. They're just excited to take pictures when they come by the school. Mm-hmm. This gives you a chance to actually network with these people and hear from them, hear their thoughts just before you send what to us as a coach should be our primary responsibility in taking care of the babies that we coach. So I think that's big. Mm-hmm. T, T, before we go to the next question, you talk about it all the time. About I'm glad you hit on that, Banks, about, you know, coaches – Kind of, uh, kind of trying to steal the limelight when these big coaches come to the school, you know, and uh, and and you talk about the product, you know, and I think I think it's important as 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 high school coaches, we we remember, you know, we kind of keep keep uh in perspective why those coaches are coming to the school, you know, and uh, you mind expounding? It's not one of our questions that we have, but do you mind while we're talking about? You mind expounding on that just a little bit, just about the importance of knowing that you what the product is. Well, when you talk about the product, Travis, you talk about the product is, is a student athlete. Mm. When college coaches come to visit these schools, 90% of the time, unless you have a long-lasting relationship with these college coaches, they are coming for the product 100% to better see that student athlete and a student athlete. I know a lot of times we get coaches taking pictures and they're, and they're tagging it on social media, which is fine. But let's not get it twisted. They are not there to see you because if you don't have a player from year to year and you don't have a true relationship established with that particular coach, then bottom line, they are not they are not going to stop. They're gonna they're gonna speed by your exit and not look back because they are coming for for the product. Because in the end of the day, recruiting, college recruiting is the bloodline of college athletics. So it's all about the product, which is that player, not the coach. That that's big. That's big. Well, T, you obviously you want a lot of different hats, uh, as you as you talked about in your intro, uh, being a, uh, on the on the field coach, assistant coach, head coach, now being an AD and now being an administrator. What is something that you've learned or something you've had to deal with as an administrator? that uh, you as a coach or current coaches, students and parents might not have been aware of? Well, I think the biggest thing as a administrator and really as a leader, I think before you made rash decisions, I think when I was a young, young guy, you know, I, I made rash decisions. I made them quickly. And, and sometimes I talk too much about a situation when I probably should have just been quiet and listen. I think it's important to listen and survey and look at the entire situation before you make a critical decision. 
that can either, you know, that can either go, I mean, it can go right, it can go left. So you got to, anytime it's a decision that you're, that you're forced to uh, make, you got to look at the pros and cons. And at the end of the day, when you make a decision, you got to make that decision uh, what's best for the overall program or, and what's best for kids. So I think, you know, right now, when you look at it from, from that standpoint, you got to, you got to look at everything and make slow decision. Um, not always rush to the, to truly uh, make a decision. Mm. Man. And that's, boy, that's gold right there. I think if you listen to the podcast uh, for your first time, you hear him say that and you will coach anything. I think that's big, not rushing to make a uh, fast decision. Right? And that's kind of funny. Uh, I finally kind of escaped the house today uh, on, on Rona break. Don't tell nobody. I, I went to Chick-fil-A and the sign of Chick-fil-A but, uh, patience is a way of slowing you down to find your purpose. And so I think you just need to understand that, that being patient can help you find the right words to say. And I don't think a lot of folks know that, you know, since we're speaking to coaches, learning. Um, one of the biggest things that we do yearly, it would have been going on right now live and in person, but you are gearing up with the with us, the MCA of Georgia, to do it virtual, like everything kind of right now. Um, we host every year a head coaching boot camp. And um, I don't know if people know that, but we host a head coaching boot camp. And I just want you to kind of take a few moments to explain what the purpose of that is, why that you host, uh, we host a head coaching boot camp every year for guys who want to be head coaches or our head coaches. Well, we established a head, head coach boot camp for the minority coaches so in Georgia because so many of us, when we had the opportunity to become head coaches, we didn't necessarily get the right mentorship that put us in a place going in in year one, year two, that kind of set us on 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 the right foot. You know, a lot of times, uh, some coaches get jobs, they got players and got resources. Some coaches get jobs, they got players, no resources, vice versa. So I feel like when we established uh, the uh, boot camp, we were trying to give young coaches some uh, tools in the toolbox that were going to help them be successful when they when they dive into the role as a head football coach, and I think that is that uh, ties into the motto of lifting as we climb, um, because you got to you know as you climb the ladder of success, you got to lift others up where they can be successful, and also each one reach one, teach one, uplift one. You have to you 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 have to be able to take that torch, and when you pass that torch on to the next uh, set of uh, coaches, young coaches, you got to make sure they're ready because at the end of the day, we got to make sure they're ready that they can do the same thing. Because again, I got a son; he may want to coach one day. Well, I want somebody better take them under him, uh, you know, under their wing and and tutor him so he can be successful. So, the, the the main purpose is to get young coaches ready to be in the role of leadership, whether it be coordinator, whether it be head coach. But those goals are, you know, but those guys are ready. Once they get in, they're ready. Because again, once you once you get in that chair of a head coach or coordinator, you only get one shot. If you mess it up, you only get one shot. And that's proven a lot of times in the history uh, where coaches only get one shot. I, and I'm, I had the pleasure of, of going through, <laughs> going through that uh, going through that boot camp team. I think I was at the very first one. And and uh, you mentioned, you know, you only get one shot. I think it's important for us to, uh, as as minority coaches, uh, for us to understand that 
it might not just be you not getting one that another shot. If you mess it up, you may prevent or not prevent, but you may, you know, it may make it hard for another one of us to get a job, a similar job. I agree 100 percent and, and and with today, you know, you know, a lot of minority coaches, again, there's, you know, there are some job minority coaches can get, there's some job minority uh coaches uh cannot get. You know, they may get an interview, but it's just not gonna get a job. And if you don't believe that, then and even in 2020, you, you live in the fantasy world. You have to be you have to be truthful about about society because again, society has changed so much when I first started coaching nineteen ninety-seven. But there are still some barriers and there are still some gaps in between minority coaches and majority coaches. So you got to make sure that when 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 you do get an opportunity that you are, are, are as a minority coach, that you can make sure that you have as much success as possible. Because at the end of the day, you have to see yourself as a bridge builder, that you're building that bridge for other young coaches to be able to crawl. If you don't build that bridge, then those other other young coaches will never have an opportunity to be able to to be able to make it to the other side and achieve success. Mm-hmm. Not not to give not to give the uh the itinerary of the boot camp away, but uh I know I know you 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 put coaches through, you know, sample interviews, you have a panel. What's some of the other things that actually take place during the uh during the boot camp if you don't you know if you don't want to give away all your secrets, I understand. No. No, it's, it's it's not a secret again. It's all about having coach. You know, we look at uh fundraising you know, we look at having coach uh, fundraising. A lot of time when you're an assistant coach, you don't deal with fundraising. Um, how mm-hmm. to deal? How to how to deal with the administration, whether it be the principal uh, or AD. Uh, we also look at once you've been offered the job, what to ask for. You know, a lot of guys just jump when they've been offered the job. But a lot of but a lot of guys who grew up in metro area may not understand there's such thing as twelve month contract. You able to know to negotiate uh, moving expenses. Um, so there are some things that from a contract negotiation standpoint, um, you know, also just looking at dealing with the media, uh, you know, such things. That he, and we go, you know, in, in everything that you need to know as a head coach, we try to bring in guys who, who have been in, uh, you know, those uh, chair for a while. And we also try to bring in guys who are, who are maybe young to, to one or two years, to even, you know, mid-year. From five to six year guys who who have had some experience will be ups and down to talk about the hiring process. You know, uh, Coach Bank is going to talk about hiring the right staff um, because again, if you don't hire the right staff, that's that staff may have a bunch of you know bow and arrows and be and be shooting arrows in your back all day every day. Mm-hmm. So you got to make yeah. sure. So you got to have a great staff. So you know, those are some things that we look at as well. Yeah, gotcha, gotcha. That's good stuff. And I and I think that's important, you know, having been a, a head coach with anything. Um, you know, the, like you said, the things I heard this saying, Tink, and I think you could agree with that, even expand on expand on it. You get hired because of what you know, X and O's, but you get fired because of relationships. Mm, that's big. I, I don't think a lot of assistant coaches know that. Um you get hired because of what you know, X and O's. But whenever it comes time to make a decision, it is the relationship with the movers and shakers that make a big difference. It will not be, especially in high school football, in some places in the state, we know that winning is everything and the only thing. 
but that's maybe 3% of this thing. Most places, it will not be your X and O's that get you out your job. It will be the um, relationships you have with the people who make you You agree with that, uh, thing? I agree with that 100%. Life, uh, work, and employment is all about relationship. If you build positive and effective relationships, you're going to be successful. If you don't build old relationship and you just think that what you know on the field, excellent is old, is gonna is gonna carry you. Yeah, you may win, you may win a few games, but the first sign of trouble, the first sign of trouble, they gonna say, I didn't like him anyway, because he wasn't good with this, 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 or that. So they're gonna make sure that they run out. And, and I can name a few coaches right now um who 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 that hit. And, and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say their name, but I but I'm pretty sure, you know, both of you all can think of one right now that a guy that's looking to get back in state of Georgia right now. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, yeah, most definitely. Um, one of the things, too, Tink, that you uh, that you mentioned a lot of, um, you mentioned the importance of family time for coaches. What advice do you have for coaches as it relates to time they make for their families? Well, I, you know, I think that it, 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 it's so critical to build a schedule where family time is truly built in. You know, uh, and and I tell people this: I'm, I, I think I'm, a, I think I'm an expert in it now, um, and I think I'm an expert in it because I went through a divorce because of, you know, I think that coaching was was my number one thing, and family was number two. Um, you know, I think that you have to. You have to do things that you put your you put God, family first, and you have to make you have to make sure that you're scheduling critical things like date night with your wife. And, and I didn't say family night; I said date night with your wife. Because a lot of time coaches they 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 spend they spend time with the family, but you got to understand you need that intimate time with your wife at least one at least once a, at least once a week especially during the football season you got to hold true to that day night and then you got to have that family time where we going to have where we going to have family time and those things have to be critical and, and and also within your program you got to make family important in your program little things whether it might be a well, it might be family dinner on Sunday with the bringing all the kids all the wives on your break from your staff meeting, it need to be family dinner. I mean, it could be another another day. could be Monday, but those things need to be very important within your program because if not, I, I, I can testify and tell you that it, 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 it's going to be heartache and pain if family, if and I say family, when God ties into it, are not the number one thing that are, are, are important to you because I tell you this right here, friends, players, programs come and go but family is forever you never want to bring that bond with your family especially your kid because that culture we spend so much time with other people's kids that sometimes we may neglect our kid and understand you can't change the hand of time you'll never get that time back with your kid and your kid will resent you forever if you don't spend that time with your kid while they're young oh that that's big that tink man and uh i remember the, the when we first started the chat uh, the Twitter chat and, and you were online, that was one of the first comments you made. To, I don't remember what the question was, but that was one of the first comments you made, man. And, and that was something that I had to start taking to heart, you know, because as, as as a young coach in my early days, you know, I was working, 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 
And when I got home, I was still working, 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 you know, and, and my and my family uh, dynamic started to suffer. And I think it took me hearing it from somebody like you for me to, for that light bulb to go off, you know, and, and for me to really pay attention to it. So I, I think that's really big, man, that because like I said, a lot, a lot of us guys, you know, it's, we go so hard. Uh, you know, I even look at now, you know, with us not being in school and, you know, everybody's doing the, the online clinics and things of that nature. And that's and that's all fine and dandy. But then I look at, you know, some coaches that their timeline is just full of them going to clinics and stuff. You know, so I'm, I'm and, and, you know, I'm thinking, OK, so at what point are you going to take advantage of the time that you have right now with your family? You know, so I, I think I, I definitely agree and receive uh receive all of that advice that you that you give about spending time and making time for your family. And I would say this right now, Trav, you know, this is, you know, one thing that I've been, you know, we, we're about to start doing because, again, school, that's closure. Got to stand again every night, play a game, Uno, Zinga, uh, the Jenga, Zinga, whatever, you know, we got that. So we're going to start playing games every night as just as a family and, you know, watch a family movie. Because at the end of the day, guy, look, I know we're going to be in clothes for a while, but you got to find a little thing. I mean, you got to find things that, that can, uh, you know, you know, close that gap between, uh, uh, you know, the adults and the kids. Because right now, cell phones and social media has made even family life so interpersonal because everybody looking at the phone, they're on the phone all the time, and um, they're in their room dealing with smart TVs and all that stuff. So you got to make sure that you you build that time in. You got to make a commitment to build it in, bottom line. Mm. I think I said it on Twitter last week when coaches start going crazy talking about, yeah, man, the season, we're going to have a season. We're going to have a season. We're going to have a season. Man, I, and I hold true to this, man. And it's taken me about 24 months to get to that piece because you always say that. And it's funny because if people knew the conversation, um, you're one of my mentors too, Tink. And if people knew the conversation that me and you've been having for the past two and a half weeks, where you pretty much keep saying that statement to me over and over again every time we talk um, on Twitter, though, and it said um, a lot of coaches say faith, family, say faith, family, and football. And the coach in football, 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 faith. Mm-hmm. Exactly, exactly. Well, Tim, we're almost out of time here. Tim, we, what we like to do at the end of every episode is going to be kind of be our tradition is we pose the same question to to all of our guests, okay? And we'll pose a little bit different to you because you're not actually in the coaching profession right now. As someone who has been out of coaching for a few years now, what is if you had one thing that coaches or administrators, it could be either one, should be doing for their schools or for their programs, what would that one thing be? Well, I think the biggest thing is, in in my opinion, I think that you have to make sure that you create a culture of encouragement and positivity for 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 kids, uh, student athletes, just students. Because at the end of the day, a lot of time, because of of uh, social emotional issue, we don't know what kids are going home to. We don't know every kid's situation once they leave. But, but we know what we can control when they come to school, when they come within our program. So I know a lot of times people, you know, we call the word PBIS, even though I don't like the word, I just think it's a positive culture because you can still be tough on kids and coach kids tough. And at the same time, you can still love them up and have fun because a lot of time, depending on where you're at, 
athletics and school is all that these kids have. That's the positive thing in their life. And I think that we need, as educators, as administrative coaches, we need to make sure that we're making it positive and that we're creating a culture for them so that they can be successful. That once they get into the three E's, and three E's are enrolling in somebody's college, listening to somebody in the military or employing them somebody's job, that they are going to be successful and achieve success. Dropping jewels there, Tink, dropping jewels. Well, that's our show for today. We thank all of our listeners for checking in. Make sure you follow us on Twitter and keep the dialogue going. You can follow the podcast at G-A-H-S-F-B Chat. That's at Georgia High School Football Chat. You can follow myself, Coach Travis Smith, at underscore Coach T. Smith. Coach Banks, where can the people find you? I keep trying to tell you, for some reason, y'all want to find me. I'm available at T-Banks. One nine zero six T Banks one nine zero six and Doctor Tinker. How can the people keep up with you in the Georgia Minority Coach Association? You can follow me at at A R T I N K sixty seven at A R T I N K sixty seven on Twitter. You can go check out our site, the Minority Coach Association www.mcaofga.com www.mcaofga.com well, Thank you very much on behalf of our guest Dr. Mon Tinker and Coach Banks I am Coach Smith and this has been Georgia High School Football Chat Podcast with Smitty and Banks where culture is for coaches Yes sir Georgia All the time it ain't nothing on my mind